I'm licensed psychotherapist Greg Woodhill. Welcome to a Brave New Man podcast. On this show, we speak with both experts and non-experts in our goal of exploring all the ways that men are already getting it right, acknowledging all the ways that we're getting it wrong, and most importantly, learning how we can fix what needs to be fixed in order to have healthier, happier relationships and lives. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Before I go any further, I just want to say that if you love what we're doing here on the podcast, take a few seconds, if you would, right now, go to your Apple Podcast app or to iTunes, give us a good rating, how about that? Leave us some feedback, let us know what you love about the show so we can make sure to keep bringing it to you, and it'll bring a smile to our face. If you hate what we're doing, then just feel free to do nothing at all. Okay, moving forward. So we're back here today with part two of our interview with Stefano Safandos, who is a transformational coach. He works with men to bring out the masculine energy inside of them. And what really surprised me about part one of this interview is when I asked Steph about masculinity and if he could describe that to us, he did so. But he really took it to so much more of a global level. Not only are we being good men and how to be great men, because he definitely talked about that, but also are we being good people? Are we being good stewards of humanity? Are we thinking about those that came before us, those that are around us today, and those that come tens, hundreds, thousands of years after us? Are we thinking globally and are we opening our hearts to other people? That to me was a huge and important aspect of the first part of our conversation with Steph. In the second part of this interview, we get pretty specific about things that men can do to enhance their lives, bring out more of the loving, more of the compassion, more of their fire, and more of the masculinity. So ask yourself as you listen to this part of the interview, does it apply to you? Which of these things are you already doing? Which of these things do you want more in your life? And that's true for your friends, your partners, and your family members as well. I love what Steph brings to this conversation. It's a lot of thought, a lot of research, a lot of history, and a whole lot of heart. We pick up the interview with a very long-winded question that I'm asking him. All right, let's get back to it. There has to be a place inside that says, I can't live like this any longer. This is not sustainable for me. I said in my pilot episode that some of the most hurtful things that anyone has ever said to me about me has led to the greatest change. And what I did, and this is part of the gauntlet I throw down to people who are listening, is I ran it through my own CPU in my head and asked myself, Where's the truth in what this person just said? Is, yeah. And in other words, it was through that relationship, like you're saying, that I was able to grow and not be so, the word I use is fragile, that, if, like I said, it hurt. But I was able to take it in and say, how, do, how can I use this? What do I agree with? What do I not agree with? And how do I move forward with it? Because I know, like you said, we are relational creatures. So, so. A lot of what we deal with today it was set up by relationship, and I think, as you said, it's it's healable through relationship. And I think about when I talk about fragility, this Gillette boys will be boys ad, I know that you've referenced it before, and I think it, it looked a little bit like a Rorschach inkblot test in that there were so many accolades, which I give it, and there was so much fury at men watching that commercial as I saw it and saying, how dare you? That's an affront to me as a man. How dare you criticize me and I'll never use your product again. What did you feel and what did you see during that 
commercial that was basically saying, we're getting some things right, we're getting some things wrong, and why don't we continue to move that needle toward a more loving, healthy masculinity? Yeah, perspective is everything. And so you can see it in so many different ways. How I saw it was from multiple angles. I saw that... I saw the beast that is marketing and the the, the profit model wanting to, because any publicity is good publicity, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there was some level of awareness when they were putting that ad- advert together. So I see it from that perspective. I see it from the perspective of, yeah, men uh, are amazing creatures and we've got many things right. There's a few other things that we need to get right as well. And then I saw it from the other perspective too, that um, why are you demonizing all men? Mm. You're speaking about toxic masculinity and that's that's the problem with the term of toxic masculinity. We spend so much time on that actual term and what proponents of or proponents against that term are saying is that you're creating this blanket statement statement i don't know what the fuck i'm trying to say <laughs> basically every man is toxic essentially and that's very much not true because yes toxic femininity exists as well we need to get away if the term is bugging people and we can't actually get to the root cause of how people individuals and, and groups are behaving then let's just, just get rid of the term just mm. forget about toxic masculinity and just call it unhealthy behavior yeah. essentially toxic behavior is behavior that is extreme compounded over a long period of time that's entrenched in 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 uh, uh, our persona or our character expression that doesn't serve others that it causes harm to others and ultimately causes harm to ourselves. that's yeah. what toxic behavior is it's not yes. it's not I mean that, that's a very simple definition of it it's not anything complex it's, and so we have to move away from the term yeah. and actually look at as men who do we want to be mm. Who have we been? Can we take ownership for who we've been as men at a collective level and an individual level that's yeah. been influenced by systemic societal constructs and has been influenced by the familial dynamic and our own interpretations of the world and all of that? And this is just basic growth 101. Yes. <laughs> one. Like just, just look at yourself, have carry self-awareness, move into states of self-realization, move into deeper states of self-actualization and start being that in the world. And so I just want to I get away from the term toxic masculinity because it, it, it people get upset about it, men, women, everyone. Sure. And it's like, okay, just, let's not talk about that. Yeah. Let's not focus on that term and let's just focus on who are we? Can yes. we improve? Can we evolve ourselves? Yeah. Can we go back to maybe engaging in practices that are healthier and more connected? And if not, then where, where can we can we also celebrate as as positive psychology would look at as well? Can we celebrate our our virtues and celebrate celebrate our strengths because we have many of them? Yep. And we have to understand that we're all in this together. We, you you can't you heads and tails on a coin. Mm-hmm. You can't remove one of the one of the sides, mm-hmm. and there's always going to be there. Yes. And so we can't remove masculinity. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. We have to redefine or define healthy masculinity and we need to do the same for femininity as well. Yes. It and works both ways. Part, part of healthy masculinity as you see it and you teach it is, and I'm really just underscoring something you've already said here, looking inside, metaphorically, asking ourselves, are there ways that I act that I see are harmful to myself or others? Mm. Am I thinking inclusively of other people, including people who haven't even been born yet and what impact I can have on them. Am I being kind, loving? Am I moving toward things that I consider virtuous? Or am I acting in ways, I guess, as I said a moment ago, that I consider harmful and what can I do about it? And I want to make a change. Is that a, 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 a the core of where you would point people in their beginning, in their very beginning of their journey of, 
how do I bring forward more of what I want in my life as a man? That's a big part of it. And, okay. and the, the question to ask initially for me is conduct a life audit. Conduct a life order on who you've been, how you how you think others would perceive you, how you perceive yourself as a man. What are you doing that's of doing, and who are you being that's of value? So, mm-hmm. if you were to die tomorrow, and people were at your funeral, firstly, what type of people who would be there, yeah. and what would they be saying about you? Yeah. If they were to speak about your virtues and your characteristics, what would they what would they say about you? I was having a conversation with a client yesterday, and he and he went through the process, and then he said, you know what, I don't care. Like, I don't care because I'm dead. What does it matter? <laughs> and I said, I get that and I appreciate that. For me, legacy isn't about dying. Legacy is about what you do now yes. and how you show up now yeah. and who you are as a person now and mm. what you give, yeah. what you take, how you give, receive, everything now. That builds your legacy, essentially. And so what do you want people to say about you now? Not because you're codependent on them and you're attached to what they think about you. It's because what type of person do you want to be in the world? Yes. How do you want to express that you, when you lay your head down in the evening, you feel fulfilled. Yeah. You, you, you carried yourself throughout the day with meaning. Yes. Had, you carried substance in your actions and in your posturing, the way you treated others and treated yourself. That, that, and that self-reflection, that's a big part for me. That, that, that daily, regular self-reflection is a big part of, of healthy sentience, but healthy masculinity in particular. So asking, it keeps us in check. Yes, asking yourself those questions. And, and, the, and the, the thing that I hear you say is taking other people's reflection of you as a reflection, not the reflection, no, but as, as one. As, a, as an opportunity, as, as an opportunity to grow. And when I say it keeps us in check, it's yeah. not that we're inherently bad or yeah. evil and we've got to control the, the beast. It's about keeping us in check with respect to who we want to be and are we behaving in that way. Right. So is our internal world mirroring or our, out, our external world, sorry, mirroring our internal world, yeah. our internal world thoughts, beliefs, models of reality, feelings, emotions, and our external world, Actions, behaviors, interrelationships, the way we treat others, the way we project, the way we, we present, communicate, etc. Yeah. And is there alignment in that? And are we not rather keeping ourselves in check, but are we able to evolve and grow every day? Yes. And part of that is in, in that self-audit, that self-reflection that yes. you're talking about. Can I take those things that I come up with is these are things I'd like to change as an invitation, as throwing down a gauntlet in my life. How can I be better as opposed to crumbling under that? Or feeling so much shame or guilt about the fact that these are things that I didn't do very well today or that I feel bad about or that I'd like to change as something that crushes our spirit. You're saying, let it enliven you, Mm. let it create energy in Mm. you to move toward where you want to be and not get stuck in being ashamed of where you have been. Is that, is that part of it? That's a big part of it. And so there's, and there's a larger conversation here. And so every, every gender and every individual come to life with their own set of perceived pressures, Mm. collective and individual pressures. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure. Yeah. And so for men, this pressure to provide is it's a it's a it's a it's fairly substantial in a world that is changing so rapidly uh, in a world that is highly globalized and access to resources is somewhat plentiful and somewhat limited this this in this insurgence of of women now coming into the workforce as well more so than ever before it's a man's role is there's blurry there's blurry lines Mm -hmm. there there's really blurry lines there and so 
this pressure that we feel to provide or this pressure that we feel to know everything and do and do so much in the world and be identified by our actions, Mm -hmm. be identified by how others perceive us, but in an egoic way, be identified by our status and material possessions and the level of wealth that we attain. It requires a lot of energy output. And so very few men have this capacity to look after their health, Mm -hmm. to, to carry physical prowess, very few men have the energy, the patience, or the know-how to actually just reflect. Just literally reflect five, ten minutes every day and say, who have I been today yes. and am I happy with that person? Let me repeat that. Who have I been today and am I happy with that person? That's a daily reflection people can yeah. do. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Very simple too. My point is though, we feel so much pressure that we don't, all we want to do is numb and isolate. Yeah. Now, I'm not at TV, alcohol, workaholism, distractions, excessive fun and play. Not that there's anything wrong with fun and play. Sure. Fun and play is necessary. Mm-hmm. But when it's done unconsciously and it's not deliberate mm-hmm. and it's done with an intention of avoidance, that's dangerous because we're not really hitting, we're not really addressing any core wounding or pains or fears that are driving our behavior in the right. world. Sure. And I'm not blaming society, I'm not blaming our socioeconomic model, I'm not blaming anyone. I'm saying that one of the key tenets and principles and pillars of healthy masculinity Mm. is ownership, responsibility, and deep self-reflection. And we all have that opportunity to do that, and it's a choice. It is a choice at the end of the day, Mm. literally and and figuratively. And it it needs to be something that we want to do because we Mm. see, we perceive the value in it. Yes. So that comes from the inside, the desire that... It's an internal job. Say again. It's an internal job. It's an internal job, yeah. So that desire has to be there in order for someone to really to do that sort of check-in at the end of every day or at the beginning of every day. Mm. It's an internal job. I it love is. the way you said it. So when you talk about distractions, one of, for a lot of men I know that show up in my office, and I know that you work with people with this issue as well, it's pornography. Yeah. So it's, well, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's a lot of different things. One of the many things is an escape. And I also think it's an attempt at, ex- at ex- expression of something that many times becomes cyclical and becomes more damaging uh, and creating more harm than what it is that they're, they're trying to alleviate. And it's not a nutshell question I'm about to ask you, mm. but I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm putting you on the spot as far as synthesizing. Do you see with technology the way it is now and having a, a high-speed computer in our pocket, like, like we were talking about earlier, almost everything in life is being made easier. And a lot of that is, is a benefit and a lot of that is a detriment mm. where we do get complacent and we do get lazy. How does pornography, as you see it, affect men that you work with in any way, positively or negatively or both? I'll answer that question very directly. But first, I want to... Um stimulate your imagination for a moment yes you've probably seen are you a are you a uh like a sci-fi fan uh sometimes yes sometimes no but i'm up for it yes okay so i've seen some amazing amazing uh replicas of uh basically artificial intelligence in a human body that looks so made to order men and women yep incredible i've seen it we couple that with VR and AR, in the next 10 to 15 years, yeah. people won't need other people to think that they are being engaged in intimacy. Yes. 
this is this is potentially where we're going yes. and so there's this disconnection happening i mean we look at it we're, we're, we're so connected on our phones yet yes. so disconnected yes you, you you get on a train or a bus or public transport or even out at a restaurant and you see so many people just like this staring at their phones i see it all the time with other people yep. so yep. disconnected and so pornography i mean it's a loaded question and i know this is an area that you focus on I massively do. as well mm-hmm. and so what i'm witnessing in men that are, that are coming to me saying i have pornography addictions essentially they're wanting to be seen mm. they're wanting they're, they're pursuing intimacy they want and they want to see others and it's it's all about how they're giving and receiving love, yeah. and they're scared to be rejected. They're scared to be humiliated by a real person. Yes, that's why one of the reasons why prostitution is so prevalent. It's so it is popular. Yes, prostitution exists. It's been it's existed for thousands of years. It's said to be the oldest profession. Yes, sure. Because in that space, there actually really isn't judgment. Right. and rejection right. and humiliation That's right. and someone can go there and be seen and be completely open yeah. so pornography serves the same stimu- it stimulates the same senses mm. within the same sense of self of, i feel safe enough just to be me i can do whatever i want here yeah. and i can and also men associate ejaculation with intimacy and love yes i th- i really think there's a, there's an unconscious association that's made there and, and what's happening neurochemically in the brain as well when, yes. when we ejaculate Certainly. and so th- there's it's, it's just easy yes it's just easy and there's no hassle that's right there's no downside but what happens is we're distancing ourselves from real people and actually getting a true sense of intimacy. Yes. And what we're doing is where it's it's like a um, it's a conditioning that's taking it's a conditioning that's taking place like a numbing. Yes. And so like drugs, we need more of it because the system becomes attuned to it. And so what happens over a period of time is we be, we become inquisitive. Yep. Men are natural explorers. We just don't usually tap into it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so we want to explore more. We want to explore more. And so what once stimulated us doesn't stimulate us anymore. That's right. And so we have to go deeper down that rabbit hole. That's right. And the reality is we're going into a niche. Or in America here you say niche. <laughs> uh, fuck knows why. But anyway, niche. And you go into this niche deeper and deeper yes. and deeper. Yeah. And then you try and bring that into the real world and you meet a woman yes. and you have enough courage you muster enough courage to meet a woman and the way you see her the way a man sees a woman is from a very different lens yes she's not always going to be into snuff or bondage or something extremely sexual right something that's extremely sexualized yes. yet we've gone down that rabbit hole right. mentally Condition and emotionally and where do we go from there? There's right. a lot of undoing. Well, yes. And I think one of the biggest things that you're touching on that I know to be so true is that it's a one-person system. It's an attempt for intimacy. It's an attempt for connection. That I know. And it creates a one-person system where tolerance in porn addiction is measured by variety, as you were saying, not mm. in volume. So a person needs something deeper, darker, more visceral. And no human being can compete with a solitary... Uh, confined, completely lacking any vulnerability. I love how you express it. Yeah, that, then, and so to get in the room with a real human being, it's already so confronting days. as well. It is, and and porn has never told a guy that his penis was too small. It's never told you that you can't last long enough, or that you're not That's a good right. lover, or that your body isn't good enough. So, so it, it's it's a it's a feedback loop. But it, what I see is that it does when people overuse it, especially and in including when they're addicted, it takes them as they're looking for connection from the outside, it just takes them farther and farther inside of themselves, which I have seen a lot of people 
who have addiction that come to me for help, they need to stop it cold turkey. They can't have any pornography in their life like an alcoholic with alcohol. So it's amazing for those people, the transformation and having to sit with their partner if they have one, look him or her in the eyes and actually deal with another human being because it's frustrating to them. They've become really accustomed to something that has brought them within themselves. Oh, yeah, and the shame as well, the shame and the guilt that's associated with that and the barrier to break through that shame and guilt. We Very rarely would we do it without support, very rarely. You'd be a superhuman man to do that in, in this context. Yes, to, to stop an addiction like pornography Correct. without help of other people. Yeah, yeah. and that the sadness is about it, we go so deep down this rabbit hole where we're so reliant on the variety and the lack of a better term, the darkness of it or the, 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 the niche expression of it that when we then do finally muster up some courage to be with a woman, yeah. we, we do become rejected because a woman is like, hey, this is very unrealistic. This is not, this is not what I'm about. This yeah. is very, very rarely would, would you have a woman that would meet you there. Yes. And then that, that is reinforced. That, that old pattern is reinforced within the man. Not good enough. That's Can't right. trust women. Going to get rejected. Back to pornography. Back to the point, of and it's the feedback loop is reinforced, yes. and it becomes stronger neurologically and behaviorally, and it be, and they isolate themselves further and further, and they develop pathologies, and the and it goes on and on and yes. on. And this isn't these aren't rare cases. Yes. This is happening everywhere. Yes, every question. I've thanked uh, God many many times that high speed internet did not exist when I was a teenager because it wasn't an option. I couldn't disappear with a screen. I couldn't, yep. whether it's pornography or games or social media. And as many, as the infinite benefits, because new apps just got developed since I started the sentence uh, here with <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> infinite applications and ways they make our life better, they are distractions. We've all seen, as you were mentioning, I've seen over and over again, I've stopped noticing it, a restaurant where two, three, four people are at a table and every one of them is is, is interacting mm. with their phone. Now, they're potentially connecting with somebody outside the room. But in my opinion, looking in someone's eyes, being in their physical space, to me, that is connection as I define evolved it. Evolved that way. Yes. The, 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 yes, I get that The if you close your eyes and you have a thought, the brain doesn't really distinguish between the thought and the actual event occurring. Right. But in, in terms of being in that physical presence, we've evolved that way. It's so important. Yeah. My, my friends and I, when we go out to dinner, we put our phones in the middle. Mm. And if someone picks it up first, they pay for dinner. Come on. For everyone, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so good. Is it, or, or we leave our phones in the car. Yes. Because what's the, what's the point? Yeah, yes. I get that we're connecting we outside. Here? What's the point? Right. It's just, it's, we're losing something. We're, we're losing something integral to our health. Yes. Relationships are healthy when we're connected and we're bonded and we're learning and we're building history with each other. Yeah. And this goes back to part of what it means to be a healthy masculine man. Mm-hmm. You have to have a band of brothers that you can rely on that pull you forward, that bring the best out of you, that challenge you and say, no, you're wrong. No, you can do this better. Mm-hmm. No, you're too slow. Pick the pace up. Not from a place of judgment or ridicule, but for a place of hey when you're better we're better yes that's part of being a healthy masculine man how many men i've been very blessed in my life that i have had amazing men that have supported me throughout my whole life i've got friends that and and i'm only 37 Mm -hmm. i've got friends that i've had for more than 20 years 20 22 23 24 25 years 15 years brothers people that i can can ring them up and say i need you i need you to come here now they're here yes in, in a heartbeat. I'm very blessed to have that. Mm-hmm. 
and also being here in the US now that I live here, I'm more isolated from that. So I'm building a new physical tribe here, but it's so important to have that tribe. What if people don't have that tribe, Steph? If a man is listening to your words and saying he's making sense. Get that tribe. How? You, you've got to identify first what you value. Okay. So what, what activities do you like? Hobbies do you like? Mm. What, what's important to you? Just as a, start, as a starting point, let's just say for argument's sake, bowling is something that you really enjoy doing, okay? Because, I mean, it's quite popular here in the US, bowling, yeah? Right. Yeah, okay. So I like bowling too. I'm either really good I'm really bad. When I'm really good, I'm 200 plus. Yes. When I'm really bad, I'm like 40 or 50. And I feel, <laughs> I feel like breaking the ball and everything. I get so, I I get so upset. Um, okay, so <laughs> there's my limit, my, my uh, rigid mindset coming in play. <laughs> anyway, so find what you resonate with. Some of your hobbies. And then find men in your local meetup group or j- jump on social media where you can physically meet or go down your local bowling alley, build a club. And if you don't have that initiative where you're that person where you're sort of leading from the front, find groups that are looking for people. Go into the local paper or the local digital paper or whatever it may be. Again, social media or meetup.com or, yeah. or, or Craigslist or whatever it may be and begin to associate, you know, start a neighborhood watch, whatever it is, get all the guys together. And every, every second week, every second Friday evening, you get together and you meet in your den and, and you talk about whatever it is that you all are aligned with. And it's not about having beer and, and watching football. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Sure. When it's done in excess, then it's, it's a numbing agent, essentially. Yes. It's, we're forgetting about the real world. Yeah. And that's another thing. Play sport. Join a team sport. Mm. Maybe it's local rugby, NFL, baseball, basketball. Maybe it's a pickup game that you play once a week. Yes. Surround yourself with men in a physical context where you're where you're rough and ready, where you're challenging yourselves, yes. where you're helping yourselves build a better version of each other. Yeah. They're real life examples that anyone can do. And yes, you have to have some courage. I was talking to Christine about this. Um, Oh, and she just came in. Oh, you look very pretty too. <laughs> Hope you don't cut that out, Greg. <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe we'll leave it in. <laughs> so we were talking about this yesterday about being shy and being an introvert. Yes. And for me, I had to get out of my comfort zone of just spending time with men that I was that I knew, mm. men that I was really good friends with. I went to Toastmasters to begin to stretch myself and get out of my introvertness and my shyness. I, I began to go to not so much parties, but more events that weren't my thing. That not that I didn't align with them, but it was just out of my comfort zone. Yeah. If I was invited somewhere, instead of saying no and staying home or just hanging out at my friend's house because it was comfortable and it was it was the norm, I would say yes. Yes. Unwillingly, yeah. but I would say yes. There we go. And I would go. And so I would expand myself in that way. And so I get some men are shy and some men are passive and they don't want to lead from the front. That's fine. Then they can join something. They don't yes. have to start something themselves. Yes, sure. And I love what you're saying and I just so agree with it. And as far as pre-existing relationships... I heard Neil Donald Walsh once say, a leader doesn't say, follow me. A leader says, I'll go first. And so if you are in relationships, one of the things I've said to, to a lot of men I know, and you want it to change, can you be the instrument of that change? Can you say to your buddy who you guys never talk about deep, meaningful things, can you start that and say, hey, there's something going on right now I'd love to talk to you about. And can you change that relationship? Because you might face rejection. Somebody might be very uncomfortable that you want to change the relationship and talking about things that are more meaningful or more deep to you. But I love what you're saying about being around other men, establishing a tribe. And I think that is really helpful, uh, healing and helpful. And I think, and I think really necessary right now. So as we come to a close here, I want to ask a, a way, way, way too simplistic question. 
If a man is listening to this and inspired by the type of things he's hearing you talk about here today, and there's one single thing he can do today, as soon as his podcast is over right now, that can enhance his life, move him more into his masculinity, what would it be? Get in the car, go somewhere where it's nature, whether it's a forest or if you, if you live very close to that, just don't get in the car, walk there and just go spend a few hours in the forest, at the beach, wherever it may be, mm-hmm. connect to nature. Okay. essentially is connecting to yourself get out of the hustle and bustle get out of the busyness get out of the having to do just go be with nature just it. listen to the voice inside your head and it can be really confronting mm-hmm. but just be with the peacefulness that nature offers beautiful and i assume they leave the phone in the car if they do that right yeah <laughs> steph i love the work that you do it's really inspiring Thanks, thank bro. you so much for sharing your wisdom with us here today and uh, how do people find you uh, social media, my handles are Stephanos Safandos, and you can jump on my website as well, uh, stephanosafandos.com or stephsafandos.com. Okay, and on your website, it has all the programs you do, both yes. online and yes. coaching-wise. Yes, absolutely. Okay, thanks again, my friend. Thank you, Robert. Okay, so what now? What do we do with all of this amazing knowledge that Steph just dropped on us in this interview? Steph says that the key tenets of healthy masculinity are ownership, responsibility, and deep self-reflection. He advises that we conduct a life audit, which means you think about if you were to die today, first of all, what type of people would be at your funeral and what would they say about you and the way you lived? So what we're really talking about is what type of person do I want to be right now and am I living my life in such a way that other people would reflect that about me? He also says that a huge part of being in our healthy masculine is to take care of our physical body, which he calls our vessel. This is the thing that's going to allow us to move about the world and be the type of big, loving, driven person that we want to be. He recommends doing a daily self-reflection at night, and I really love this suggestion. The questions he gave us are, Who have I been today, and am I happy with that person? If we were to ask ourselves that every single night, imagine over time the shifts that we can make in our lives. When he talked about the term toxic masculinity, he made it very clear. He doesn't like that term because what we want to look at is healthy versus unhealthy behavior. When we use terms like toxic masculinity, Steph says that it becomes a blanket term that we use too generally to describe all of men and all of what's happening today, and it's just simply not true. Unhealthy behavior is behavior that is extreme and that is harmful to others compounded over time. So can we take other people in when we make our decisions and in the way we live our life? We're really talking about opening up our hearts and understanding that we are part of a whole and can we live healthily within that whole. And one of the most important things he says we need to do is to create a band of brothers who are going to hold us to a high standard. This can be done in a lot of different ways. First of all, if you're a man, you might already have a group of male friends. Be around them. Surround yourself with healthy masculine energy. If you don't have that, he suggests looking at what are your hobbies, finding groups like you, getting guys together to play sports, to talk, to do a neighborhood watch. Go on meetup.com, look for people who like to do the type of things you do, and start to build a brotherhood around yourself that will hold you to a healthy standard. He also says to get off of our phones. I agree with this so much. When we're with each other, can we look each other in the eyes, take each other in, and be in the physical presence of the people that we love and the people that inspire us? Finally, he suggests the one thing that you can do right now to really bring out the masculine in you is to get into nature, leave your phone in the car, 
and listen to the voice in your head. Is that the beach? Is that the forest? Is that the mountains? Is that taking a hike? Whatever it is to just allow yourself to be amongst nature, let yourself feel and think your thoughts. If any or all of this appeals to you, I strongly encourage you to start now. Why not today? As soon as you're finished listening to this, put down your phone and go do one of these things. Take a step in that direction because these are words of wisdom of how we can bring out what's natural inside of us, which is big and driven and loving and can lead us into a world where everyone thrives and everyone can love to the best of their ability. Whatever it is that feels right and authentic to you, that's the right thing. Go do it. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to A Brave New Man Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to A Brave New Man on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And come follow us on Instagram at A Brave New Man Pod. That's A Brave New Man P-O-D for updates on the show and our daily words of wisdom. See you next time.